coffee and your Bible August the 16th in the year of our Lord 2022 and this is Daybreak Live with the Nesbits and Josh.
I know what that is. There we go. <coughs> Excuse me. Amen. 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 Proclaim. Hear Israel. Our Lord is one Lord. Love Him with all of your might. Good morning. Good Tuesday morning. To all of you is out there. Let's see if there's anybody out there. Is there anybody out there? Boom. Yeah, there's some people. Hey, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Can't wait to see you on Sunday too, Larry Neal. Looking forward to being with you. Hallelujah. Darth Vader under the clock. What's this? I thought Darth Vader was under the clock for a moment. That was Rich Creel. Hey, good morning. Guys, we have a brother in our church, one of our preachers of Church Without Walls. He went in for a heart checkup yesterday. They was running tests yesterday. His name is Bill Cole or William Cole. I'm asking you to lift him to the Lord. Lift my brother to the Lord. Uh, he's a wonderful brother. And uh, anyway, they found so many blockages and a bad valve. And so he's going to, they're getting him prepared for open heart surgery. And uh, so we want to lift his name to Jesus and send out special angels to take care of him. Amen. Bill Cole, William Cole. So please be lifting him up this morning. All right, we're going to jump in here. This is uh, Revelation chapter 4. We've got to the throne room vision, and we will dive into there. Did I forget to announce anything this morning? I, th I think we're good. But let's jump in because we don't have a lot of time. So I'd, I'd said last week, chapters 4 and 5 are the setup or the foundational chapters for really the rest of the book. It, it, it's really the rest of the book because it's a declaration. John is taken up and he goes into the presence of the Lord, the throne room of God, shows everything that's going on there. Here in 4 and 5, he describes in 4, he describes what this throne looks like. And then in chapter 5, he talks about the book that's sealed with seven seals. And then when the book begins to be opened, that's what we have in the rest of the book of Revelation. So it's very, very, very powerful here. And so we're going to go ahead and read verses 1, 2, and 3 again. And we'll go ahead and read 4. I, I don't know how far we will get. And I'm going to try, like I do when I preach, uh, when I preach a sermon, I ask, Lord, just, you know, help me forget the things I don't need to say and remember the things that I do need to say because only he knows what needs to be said. Chapter 4, verse 1 of Revelation, after this, I looked and behold, a door was open in heaven. The first voice which I heard was as it were of a trumpet talking with me, which said, Come up hither, I will show thee things which must be hereafter. Immediately I was in the Spirit. And behold, a throne was set in heaven, and one sat on the throne. And he that sat was to look on upon like a jasper and a sardine stone. There was... 
a rainbow around round about the throne in sight like in, to an emerald. And round about the throne were four and twenty seats. And upon the seats, I saw four and twenty elders clothed in white raiment, and they had on their heads crowns of gold. Let's go ahead and read five. And out of the throne proceeded lightnings and thunders, uh, thunderings and voices. There were seven lamps of fire burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. Hallelujah. That's reading the first five verses. So, some things to take in note. Last week I shared with you, last Friday, that what we have here, one thing we know for sure we have, is we have Exodus 2.0. We have the final Exodus where everything is in sevens. And it is the, the final redemption of the earth. Now, that this plays in, in my mind, in my way of thinking, this plays in a lot to what is going on and what he is seeing. Now, remember, this is a vision. It's a vision. And he saw this door open in heaven. We talked about that last week. He heard the first voice. He says, the first voice which I heard. So we talked about that. That was He described that back in chapter 1. There's a voice. He heard this voice, and he turned around to look. And he's seen this glorious, his his best friend in uh, illuminated in glory. And this is the things that John saw. Now here in this revelation, the first thing he says, he says, the voice said, come up here. I'm going to show you things that are coming after this. After what? Well, if you happen to... It seems to me like at this point in my life, and many of you will know what I'm talking about, we will get into this deeper sometime later, but I, it does seem like there is a final week, a final of seven years that is coming. So when I read after this, and we just read the letters to all the churches, and in my heart, how it seems to say is after God is dealt or the gospel has went throughout all the nations. Now, I get this from several different reads. A lot of people say that this represents what they is called the church age. And I'm very similar to that. I see it as a church age. And the difference is for me, instead of it's like being a clock, it's like in every time period, you find all these churches, even today. And it represents this time where God goes out. Remember Jesus said in the Olivet Discourse that this gospel must be preached in all the nations. Then the end will come. And Jesus gives a timeline of when these things are going to happen and when he's coming back. But one of the things he says is the gospel must be preached in all the nations. You still find this in the book of Revelation. In, in chapter 14, they'll say, and here went out an angel with the everlasting gospel to every tribe, every tongue, every nation. So this gospel is being preached. So the way I see this, this is just my view, is that when it talks about after this, I would say after the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. That makes sense. God dealt primarily with the nation of Israel. And then there's the rejection and all the first church was Jewish, 
Okay, there's no way to get around that. All the early church was Jewish. It was a Jewish movement. Okay, but then the gospel goes into every tongue, tribe, and nation to take out of every nation a people for his name. And we're going to see that even the elders represent this. We find that in chapter 5. Every time, every tribe, every tongue, every nation, they've been redeemed, okay, out of every tongue, every tribe, every nation. But there's a prophecy in the book of Acts when the first council of the church comes together that... God is taking out of the Gentiles, that is to say the Goyim, the, the, the nations, a people for his name. After this, I will return. After this, I will return. And in Daniel's prophecy, there were so many years that were given to bring in, bring the very end into being. And there's a final seven years. It seems as if the, stop, the clock has stopped. And God is now dealing with the world and bringing whosoever will out of all the world. And when that fullness, what's called, in my mind, the fullness of the Gentiles has come, the fullness of time comes, then God will turn his face back towards Israel, in a sense, his face is always towards Jerusalem, but in a sense, prophetically speaking, the culmination of things will happen where there will be a focus on the very end times and what we call the Antichrist, the rise of the Antichrist, uh, the, the giving over of the world, if you will, the giving over of the world to their own desires to worship the beast and to make their choices. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, he says, he talks about the man of sin. It says, for God shall send strong, who's going to send strong delusion? God shall send strong delusion. In other words, he allows things to happen that causes the world to make a final choice. God or Satan? And Antichrist, which we call the sock puppet of Satan. So anyway, these things are going to come. And now he's seeing the courtroom. John's went into the courtroom to get a look at what's happening in the throne of God. Now, there's different visions of the throne room of God. We first start seeing visions of this. Just like I said, this is Exodus 2.0. You start getting pictures of this in the book of Exodus, like in chapter 19. And 19, like verses, uh, I jotted them down, verses 20, verses 24. Uh, he goes up to the top of the mountain, okay, What's happening at the top of the mountain? Thunderings, lightnings. You know, there's uh, the voice of God sounds like a trumpet. You're seeing these things happen. There in the book of Exodus, you'll, you'll see these stones being mentioned. You know, and God looks like he's on fire. And it's just an amazing picture. But then there's other throne room visions. Ezekiel chapter 1. You read of a visions of God. And he sees the throne of God. And there in Ezekiel, the vision given to Ezekiel, the throne looks like a chariot. you got wheels under it. But you see the same faces of the living creatures, which later in the book of Ezekiel we find is cherubim. Isaiah chapter 6, he has a vision of the throne of God. And he describes it. And you see seraphim, with this, got six wings. 
Daniel chapter 7. He sees a vision of the courtroom of God in the Ancient of Days sitting on the thrones and other thrones around him. So it's very, very interesting. What we're focused here on, though, is John's vision. Uh, the final vision of the throne room of God that was given to the followers of the Lord. Remember, and this is written into a letter and sent to the seven churches. I shared this with you last week. I want to say it again. The main thrust and purpose of this letter is for pastoral care for the persecuted Christians and what they're going through. This isn't just my opinion. Let me read you opinion of a scholar, Craig Keener. The pastoral purpose is to assure suffering Christians that God and Jesus are sovereign, that the events that the Christians are facing are part of a sovereign plan that will culminate in their redemption and the vindic vindic vindication excuse me, of their faith through the punishment of the persecutors. That is, God says, it's time. I've had enough. And therefore, we, we're going to see in chapters 4 and 5 prayers of the saints that are poured out, in a sense. The prayers of the saints ignite judgment of God coming. So it is. we do not understand how important our prayers are, but let's move on. Number two, I want to say as we're getting into this on today, as we see the throne room of God, I want us to remember, and I've got two scriptures jotted down if you want to look them up. So it's Exodus 25, 40, and Hebrews 8, 5, to where it is said that Moses, when Moses came down, he was, he was shown something. He was shown heavenly things, and when he comes down and they make the Ark of the Covenant, and they make the tabernacle. They make when they make these things, they are made after the similitude and pattern that was shown to him on the mount. What did he see on the mount? He seen heaven. He seen a temple. You even see this in the book of Revelation. You see heaven opens later in the book of Revelation. We'll see, and you'll see the Ark of the Covenant. What? The temple of God. Well, see, John is getting these visions. Now, I'm saying that to say most of you have seen pictures of, say, the Ark of the Covenant. And what's on each end of the Ark of the Covenant? Cherubs. That's important. Cherubs, what are they looking towards? The mercy seat. Or you would say the throne of God. And so it was a place made in the tabernacle, in the Holy of Holies, later in the temple, where God would come down and meet with his people, the similitude of God, but it was fashioned after the pattern Moses seen in heaven. Now, I think this is very important as we begin looking at these things and we're like, what the world is he talking about? Next. So he sees the throne. Verse 3. And he that sat, he said there was a throne set in heaven. So we know he's looking at the throne. And one sat on the throne. But he doesn't describe. He's like, basically, verse 3, I can't describe the one on the throne. Now, generally speaking, this is a, what we would see as the picture of the Father, God in heaven. What's he seeing, though? What is this vision that John is seeing? He's like, it, it's like a it's like a jasper and a, and a sardine stone. And then these two, of course, are also in chapter 21, when we talk about the new Jerusalem, right? 
and there the jasper, the sardian stone, and these things are are like clear as crystal. So it means there's there's a red tint to it. He sees this reddish tint. He's describing it like this crystal, brilliant. The one on that throne is like I can't describe him. All I know to say it's it's like the it's like the ruby. It's like a ruby. It's 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 like a it's like a sardine. It's it's like you know a jasper. There's a red tint to it. It's shining. Can't even describe it in words. Beautiful. I got a couple of pictures I'm gonna share with you. Some artist renditions of this. Hallelujah. And there was, verse 3, and there was a rainbow around the throne. Rainbow. This ties right in with Ezekiel 128. There was a bow. He sees the bow too. That Ezekiel's vision, he sees it. When John sees this, he's like, there's this rainbow around the throne. Now my, this is just my opinion, okay? Where's the first place you see the rainbow in Scripture? Anybody? It's right after the flood. What is it? It's a promise, right? That God will no longer destroy the earth like He did back in the days of Noah. God destroyed. He chose eight people. That's it. Boom. He destroyed everything else. Now, He sees this rainbow. What's this rainbow around the throne? The, the one on this throne is the God of the covenant. He's the God of promise. I also say, okay, this throne says to me, Judgment is coming upon the earth again. It's time for judgment. But God remembers His promise to all living creatures. And He won't do it the way He did it before. Amen. Instead of eight out of all, He's got a remnant out of all. Hallelujah. I love it. To me, it, the, the rainbow says, we're looking at the God of the covenant. Takes us all the way back to Genesis. Okay. Uh, number four, verse four. We're, let me look at the time. Okay, we're already over. So tomorrow we'll get we will get on the four and twenty seats and the elders tomorrow. But before we close, let me throw up a couple of pictures here. Some artist renditions. Let me jump back over here to graphics. Because when you read this, and I don't know if you're like me, sometimes you read this and you're like, man, what? What might that have looked like? So I, I got a couple of pictures here. Uh, some people are gifted in reading things and then uh, drawing pictures. So here's one of them. Boom. Check that out. Four and 20 elders around the throne. You see the living creatures. You see the lamps in front of the throne. Can't hardly describe the guy on the throne. Somebody's on the throne, but oh, he's shining. That's pretty cool. Let me show you one more here. Check that out. That's pretty cool, I think. Some artist renditions of the throne. Now, to me, guys, these are this. It's just beautiful. Get get in your mind. What is it saying? I am sovereign. I am in charge. We can trust Him. We can rest in Him. Amen. So we're going to end today. Lift it. Hey, hey. Exodus. Oh, okay. Exodus 25.40. 25.40 eight five, And that's just saying, uh, like in Hebrews, he's saying Moses was told, 
make everything according to the pattern that you've seen in the mount. So he comes down and makes things. So this helps us to understand this throne and the living creatures and understanding that they're cherubs. Sorry, Exodus 25, 30 and Hebrews what? No, 25, 40 sorry. and Hebrews 8, 5. Yeah. So sorry. No problem. All right, let's pray. Father, we want to lift up our brother William right now. Bill Cole to you in the name of Jesus. Lord, we ask for the Holy Spirit to give him comfort and peace as he's awaiting and, and having all the tests run to prepare for this open heart surgery, Lord. It's amazing of the abilities that you have given surgeons in this day that we live. And God, we just pray for your anointing and blessing and angels to surround his bed in Jesus' name. Bless his family. In Jesus' name, all the all of those maybe that's typed in prayer requests, may you bless them and answer their prayers in Jesus' name. Let's say the Lord's Prayer together, saints. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. All right, be blessed, saints. See you in the morning, Lord willing. We will start with the elders, the thrones, and the elders seated on them.